Shalom, and welcome to In the Beginning. My name is Shmuel Bowman, and I am a Torah scribe. We're in the festival of Hanukkah right now. Actually, this evening we lit the seventh candle, um, going into the seventh day of Hanukkah, eight-day-long festival. It's an incredible festival. Um, just to give you an idea, uh, this is the prayer that is actually inserted into the Shemona Esrei, the Amidah, that Jews recite three times a day. And this is a special prayer that we say on Hanukkah. Listen to this. It goes like this. In the days of uh, Matityahu, the son of Yochanan, the high priest, the Konagadol, the Hashmonei, and his sons, when the wicked Greek kingdom rose up against your people Israel to make them forget your Torah and compel them to stray from the statutes of your will, you, God, in your great mercy, stood up for them In the time of their distress, you took up their grievance, judged their claim, and avenged their wrong. You delivered the strong into the hands of the weak, the many into the hands of the few, the impure into the hands of the pure, the wicked into the hands of the righteous, and the wanton into the the hands of the diligent students of your Torah. For yourself, you made a great and holy name in your world, and for your people Israel, you worked a great victory and salvation as this very day. Therefore, your children came to the holy of holies of your house. That's the Beit HaMikdash, the temple. Cleansed your temple, purified the site of your holiness, and kindled lights in the courtyards of your sanctuary. And they established these eight days of Hanukkah to express thanks and praise to your great name. Hanukkah. Hanukkah and the incredible tie and the incredible connection to Jerusalem and to the and to the Holy Temple. So it comes as no coincidence that absolutely amazing that during Hanukkah, the United Nations General Assembly voted on what's called the Jerusalem Resolution, which was pushed forward by the Palestinian Authority and the Arab states, you ready for this? To rebrand Judaism's most holy site as an exclusively Islamic one. That's right. This went to vote and 129 nations actually rejected the Jewish connection to the Temple Mount and to call it solely as a Muslim site. Isn't that amazing? During Hanukkah. This is absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. I mean, if, you know, obviously, if you pick up the Bible, if you go through Tanakh, right, if you go through Scripture, you're going to see time and time again reference to the Temple, reference to Jerusalem. And so we need to look at these countries. Who are these countries who <laughs> voted in this way? Well, sadly to say, one of them is France. So if you happen to be if you happen to be listening to this and you live in France, shame on the democracy of France. Okay? This is a country that is absolutely denying the truth. Okay? They're absolutely embracing the lie. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. And let's not forget the countries that abstained. I mean, okay, it's one thing one thing for the countries to say, oh, yes, we absolutely uh, agree that J- Jerusalem has is is only, you know, Muslim. Okay, and there's no and there's no Jewish tie whatsoever. So France, pathetic. But even the countries that abstained, Germany, Germany, Germany abstained. 
Germany sat on the sidelines. Let me tell you something. Abstaining, okay, so it's better than voting in favor of this ridiculous resolution. But abstaining is also like, what are you doing? You're just kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm ignoring this issue. Ignoring this issue. You're ignoring truth. Germany, really? What a, what a wimpy response, really. And other countries as well that, uh, that also abstain. You know, the Netherlands. The Netherlands. Come on. The Netherlands. How wimpy to to sit on the sidelines and just abstain to such a ridiculous resolution. And I want to congratulate the countries that stood up and said, this is an absolute lie. This is absolutely ridiculous. To deny the Jewish connection to the Temple Mount, this is ridiculous. And those countries are. Let's salute them. Australia, Canada, the Czech Republic, Guatemala, Hungary, the Marshall Islands, Micronesia, Nauru, Palau, and the United States, and of course, Israel, for voting against it, okay? That's it. Those are the countries that voted against it. A bunch kind of sat on the fence and wimped out, and they kind of abstained. And 129 countries decided to ignore fact. Absolutely incredible. But as I just pointed out, the prayer that we read on Hanukkah, has to do with the fact that it's not about the big numbers. It's not about the majority. We know what truth is. We know what we know what the facts are. And just like the story of Hanukkah is about really about doing battle against really the majority, against the great powers of the world and saying, "No. Nope, sorry, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong." And we're going to stick to our stick to our guns. And that's what the Hanukkah story is all about. Those little candles of light that pierce the darkness. They're not huge bonfires. They're not huge spotlights. It's not like lighting up the entire, it's not like something like at a stadium where you light everything up. No, little candles flickering in the darkness. That's all you need to pierce the darkness and not let the darkness win. That's what Hanukkah is all about. And the timing of this is just so profound. I'd be really worried if I was living in a country that uh, voted voted with this resolution. I'd be very, very worried. I'd be very worried if I was in France. I'd also be worried, be worried if I was in a country that abstained. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is, is just look at history. Look at history of the countries and the nations that have gone against Israel, that have denied Israel of its Jewish connection to Jerusalem. It didn't turn out well for them. So yeah, if I was, if you're living in one of those countries, um, good luck. Okay. Uh, and if you're living in a country that, that voted against this resolution, so you're, you're on the right team. That's it. It's really that simple. It really is black and white. There really is no gray area. Okay. There really is right and wrong. Um, and that's what, that's what Hanukkah is here to teach us. Absolutely incredible. Jerusalem, what can you do about this? Well, first of all, if you are in Canada, if you're in the United States, if you're in Hungary, okay, then write to your elected officials and let them know how appreciative you are that they stood with Israel. Let them know. Thank them. It shouldn't be like obvious. Let them know that you are grateful for that. If you're living in a country where um, they abstained, okay, or even worse, voted with this resolution, make sure you voice your disapproval. Make sure you let them know that you're watching them. You're watching your elected officials. That's, that's going to be something that you may 
bring up the next time there's an election and that you won't vote for them next time. Okay, that's really, really important. Your elected officials need to know that they're being watched, that their decisions on voting for in favor of lies, okay, that that's completely not okay. So that's definitely something that everyone should be doing today. Every single person listening to this should either be congratulating their elected officials, contacting those people who had something to do with um, the vote in the UN, let them know how you feel really, really important. So another thing is keeping Jerusalem central and in front of your eyes at all time. So as a Torah scribe, um, writing the word Yerushalayim, writing the word Jerusalem in Hebrew on parchment, as far as I'm concerned, is a great way to have it right in front of your eyes at all time. And it's written exactly the way that the word Jerusalem, the name Jerusalem has been written for thousands of years. Okay. It's, 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 it's the way that it's been recorded since the time of the Bible. So here's what I want to do, dear friends. I want to offer that to you for free as my gift to you, just so that you have the name of Jerusalem in front of your eyes, written in Hebrew, okay, in the Torah scribal form on parchment, something that you can have all the time in front of you. You can, uh, you can put on your fridge, okay, you can put it, keep it in your, in your wallet or in your purse. You can give it to somebody. Um, you can do whatever, you, you can put it in your prayer book. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. So if you're interested, and receiving this gift from me, then head on over to my website at sacredscrolls.net and just fill out the uh, contact information. And in the message, just say, yes, you know, please send me, please send me uh, the Jerusalem, the name of Jerusalem on parchment. And I'll be so happy to get those out to you. Okay. Um so what else I want to tell you is, is that maybe we have a very special guest who really can unpack uh, all this craziness that's been going on in the world, especially coming out of this ridiculous vote in the United Nations. And that expert on Jerusalem is my wife, Leah. So we're going to be hearing from her right after this message. Would you like to have your favorite Bible verse as it was originally written? Or give someone you love a special gift? Shmuel will create a Hebrew verse of your choice on parchment in the traditional Torah scribal form. The parchment is framed by an original design paper cut depicting the unforgettable Jerusalem skyline. The paper cut is available in three beautiful colors, midnight blue, burgundy wine, and desert beige. Please visit our website, www.sacredscrolls.net. I'm joined by my wife, Leah Bowman, a uh, licensed tour guide and really an expert on Jerusalem. Leah, I'm looking at the Jerusalem Post. This is from Friday, December the 3rd. Uh, the United Nations General Assembly approved resolution 129 to 11 on Wednesday that disavowed Jewish ties to the Temple Mount and called it solely by its Muslim name of Al-Haram Al-Sharif. What's going on here? Is this is, is is the world saying that that there's no Jewish connection whatsoever to the place where the temple stood? Listen to this: the United States opposed the text of what was called the Jerusalem Resolution. They said the following: It is morally, historically, and politically wrong for members of this body, talking about the United Nations, to support language that denies both the Jewish and Christian connections to the Temple Mount. And Al Haram Al Sharif. 
so this is uh, unpack this for us because it sounds like uh, the world has is coming out and saying sorry uh, that area is only Muslim what's is that is that possible first of all what a pleasure to be here with you uh, on your uh, on your show this is really fantastic so this is something that the Muslims have been working on for literally a hundred years. And, uh, and I have to say that they have succeeded in promoting their narrative, which is, um, and the way that they're presenting it mm. is, uh, is just not intellectually honest. Mm. Um, they have been promoting this since the time of Hajj Amin al-Husseini, back in the 1920s, when um, they decided and they realized that the Temple Mount could be not only a, uh, a holy site for Muslims, uh, their third holiest site, but could be a very powerful uh, tool for uh, rallying up the masses and for, um, you know, and, for, and for fighting the Jews. And why did it happen at that time? Well, not because there was a sudden change in the Jewish connection to the Temple Mount because uh, the Jewish connection goes back thousands of years and has been consistent. Uh, ever since the time of the temple, the destruction of the temple, and the desire to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. But what changed was actually uh, the British. The British came in in 1917, and they established the British mandate, and they actually um, were supportive of the Jews. Now, it's important to understand that before this took place, before the British came in in 1917, there had been many, many years, say 60, 70 years of time of a power vacuum in the land of Israel, in the area that was named Palestine. It was called Palestine under the Ottoman Empire, but it was a power vacuum. And so it was a power struggle between Christian European powers. Um, there were local Arab families, and there was a very strong Jewish presence here in Jerusalem. We're talking from the 1860s until 1917. Who wins, who wins out? It's the British. The British win out. They come in. They favor the Jews. And this is what leads to the transition from the Temple Mount being a religious site of some significance. I, I do not deny that it is a uh, Muslim site going back uh, at that time 1,200 years but not to having any kind of a, um, a, a, an incredible significance as they claim it does have today. And this is when there's a very powerful change and they catch on to the fact that saving Al-Aqsa, right, becomes the battle cry and it becomes a very powerful tool. And they caught on to it back then and they've been consistently promoting this narrative until today, all the way to the fact, to the, to the fact that it has been accepted by the United Nations. Now, this is an absolute embarrassment to every single person who voted, you know, in favor of this and to those who abstained because it is absolutely intellectually dishonest. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, because, it, you know, when they actually are coming along and they're saying, um, no, there was no Jewish presence. Um, you know, it's one thing if, if they were to say, listen, uh, we have a history here, you know, um, and they can even come up with... Uh, um, you know, narrative that's, uh, that's important and sacred to the um, Muslim faith, the idea of Muhammad and all that. And, and that's great, totally fantastic. Um, but to, to 
totally, you know, erase the, the, the concept that there was any Jewish presence, Jewish history, anything that goes back, anything that we're reading in the Bible, okay, anything that, uh, and I'm not talking about, you know, necessarily from a religious perspective, but looking at the evidence, they're basically saying, no, none of that existed. And the, the you know, majority of the, uh, the votes in the United Nations went along with that. It seems absolutely ludicrous, you know. Absolutely. What would what would the uh, the head of uh, you know the faculty of archaeology and history at any university anywhere in the world have to say about this? And why aren't they saying anything about this? Right. So that's exactly exactly the question, because it's true that religious Jews and uh, and some religious Christians will say, you know, look at the Bible, right? And and we know and we believe and we understand that this is this is not correct. But uh, but you know, the world may not be interested in hearing those voices. But I want to know where are the voices of the of academia Mm -hmm. where are Mm -hmm. the voices of the historians of the archaeologists because it's a hundred percent clear and in fact over the last hundred years it's become even more clear because there have been more excavations done around the temple mount there haven't been excavations done on the temple mount but the muslims have helped us out with that a little bit because they have um they have done some actual uh, archaeological crimes Mm -hmm. by digging up the temple mount and dumping uh, hundreds and hundreds, 350 truckloads of material back in the late 1990s, just in a garbage dump of archaeological material. It was taken to court, and the result was that the material has been sifted for many, many years. And there's a tremendous amount of data. Um, we did that. We did that sifting. We did that as a family, and and that was an incredible experience to be able to literally sift through. Unfortunately, all that um, all that uh, material that was totally irresponsibly you know thrown in the garbage by the uh the, by the uh by the muslims on the temple mount and but the fact that we could sift through it it's an amazing experience to be able to do that and to actually discover and find uh archaeological evidence from from the beta mikdash from the holy temple it's 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 unbelievable and in fact just uh, about a week ago it was in the newspaper that a young girl was there with her family. She was sifting through the material. They're still doing it today. And uh, and she found a coin, a beautiful coin with Hebrew inscriptions, um, 100% verifiable, goes back to the time when the Romans were sieging the city and the Jews minted a special coin when they were fighting the Romans. Uh, it's called the uh, machzita shekel, the half shekel. Mm-hmm. It's made out of silver beautiful coin in perfect condition and she pulled it out of this rubble that was dug up from the temple mount back about 20 years ago so um and that's just that's just a very small example there is no now that you do hear every so often this sort of um uh, revisit, v- revisionist archaeology or all kinds of you know wacky theories but if you go to any department in any university they have no choice but to say that yes the temple mount was built originally by king solomon expanded by the hashmonaim the maccabees expanded by king herod 2000 years ago this is um he was doing this over 600 years before there was such a thing in the world as Islam. Amazing. And again, I'm not denying that the Dome of the Rock was built by the Muslims in the 7th century. And I'm not denying that they have a connection to the Temple Mount. But 
they're denying actual historical facts, almost in the way of like a Holocaust denial or some other kind of major denial of verifiable history is truly an embarrassment to the United Nations, an embarrassment to these countries. Some of them are very respectable countries that voted uh, in favor and also that abstained. And it is absolutely uh, unbelievable that this is going on in the world today when we have more knowledge than ever before. Uh, there's also uh, historical documents, there's written written evidence, um, it's quite abundant, and all you have to really do is look a little bit uh, to see what the truth is. So do they honestly not know this? Uh, it's possible. Are they afraid? It's possible. Whatever it is, it's truly an embarrassment. Well, this is, your words are extremely important, and you're giving great clarity to this absolute, uh, you know, it, it's, if it weren't, if it weren't uh, so pathetic, you know, it would be, it would be funny, but it's actually very, very scary, very frightening, and you're really giving great clarity to what happened in the United Nations General Assembly to turn Judaism's holiest site uh, to become uh, exclusively an, ex an Islamic one. And uh, um, your voice is extremely important, and I hope that everybody listening to this will share this information uh, so that um, people can be informed and, and know the truth. Thank you. And I just want to add that this is not just a kind of an academic debate, a scholarly debate, or a political debate. There's real ramifications here. Um, because even in the last two weeks, we've had three terror attacks mm -hmm. in the old city of Jerusalem, uh, which Hamas and some of the other Muslim groups connect to protecting uh, Al-Aqsa, to protecting, uh, you know, Haram al-Sharif. And this is really problematic. I mean, people's lives are lost over this type of intellectual dishonesty. And the reporting about it is equally dishonest. And it's an equal embarrassment to the mainstream media who continues to report these things. And they report it in the following way. They say, a Palestinian was killed on, on or near the Temple Mount. They neglect to say, or they say second, that he was a terrorist who had just stabbed or shot somebody, right? And so this whole narrative that there was no Jewish connection to the Temple Mount, it's not, it's not just, uh, you know, a debate for, you know, for interest. It's, it has real ramifications. People are killed over this. Well, this is really, really important that you're sharing this and giving your, giving your, um, your insights as, as really as, as an expert uh, on Jerusalem uh, from a historical, archaeological uh, scriptural uh, perspective. This is really, really important stuff. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, always a pleasure uh, to be with you. And I think that even though these are very painful and difficult uh, subjects, we should remember that we are sitting here now on Hanukkah, the time of uh, of miracles, the time of Nisim, and uh, and these are the the miracles that happened in this same place on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, and it's truly a great privilege to to be connected to Jerusalem, to be able to go there, to be able to explore. There's so much to see and so much to learn, and, uh, and may everybody have the opportunity to come and do that.
please join me every week for new ideas and uh, let's share these secrets together. Shalom. I'm Shmuel Bowman. In the Beginning is produced by Sacred Scrolls. You can subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts or Amazon Music. If you have any questions or comments, please be in touch through our website at sacredscrolls.net. Thank you for listening.